Who knows what your peripheral vision is? Your peripheral vision. That's the, that's the middle part, isn't it? <laughs> the peripheral, your peripheral vision is the vision outside of your main focus or your main, the main part of your gaze. Look out, kids church is coming in. Um, so, come on, Rio. <laughs> um, so, your peripheral vision is the vision on the outside of your direct gaze or your direct focus. It's not the center, and it's always a little bit blurred, isn't it? Because you're focused on something else. You know it's out there. You know it's there's stuff going on, but you're not focused on it. You're, you're focused on something else. And whether it's nations or governments or powers or authorities, or what the Bible refers to as the world, the world and the spirit of this world is continually working to push the church out to the peripheries of our society out of the main focus, out of the main area of gaze when it comes to what's going on in the world and out of focus, out of um, attention, if you like, and not center to what is going on. Um, they're happy to give lip service to the church, happy to allow the church to do their dirty work, if you like. So go out and help homeless people and and uh, and feed the hungry and uh, and look after recovering alcoholics or drug addicts or get involved in the social sector. They're okay with that. Happy to let the church do that. Just don't talk about this Jesus person. We're okay with you doing good works and helping people and, you know, we think that's a good thing. But we don't want to hear what you've got to say. We don't want to hear your message. We want you to stay on the periphery, do the dirty work, and stay out of the way. And therefore, organizations like the Salvation Army, which was started by this guy, the original hipster, <laughs> William Booth, <laughs> just by its name, you get an idea of why that organization was started. The Salvation Army. Started by this guy um, to help people, yes, to touch people's lives, to, to help the down and out, the needy, the, the poor, the suffering. But he also said this, said this, it is not enough to put on him a pair of new breeches to give him regular work, or even to give him a university education. These things are all outside of a man. And if the inside remains unchanged, you have wasted your labor. This is William Booth, started the Salvation Army. He said, if you just work on the outside and don't touch the inside, you have wasted your labor. You must in some way or other graft upon the man's nature a new nature which has the elements of the divine. 
So the Salvation Army begins changing the world and did a couple of hundred years ago and is an incredible organization today. But, but the world doesn't want to call it the Salvation Army. They want to call it the Salvos. The Salvos. What are the, what are the, and if you ask the person on the street, what do the Salvos do? They help poor people. They, you know, look after people and, and go around and do the door knocks for money. And we think they do a good job, so we give them some money. Uh, but that's not why the Salvation Army was started. That's not at the core of what they're about. Then you've got another guy, this guy. Nice cat. St. <laughs> Vincent de Paul. Also started an organization we know as St. Vincent's de Paul, but the world don't want to call it St. Vincent's de Paul. They want to call it Vinnie's. And if you ask the man on the street, what do Vinnie's do? They say, oh, they've got those clothing bins. And if you've got any leftover clothes, you give them to Vinnie's and they'll sell them or give them to poor people and they'll go around and do some good works. But St. Vincent de Paul, even though he had a heart for the poor and to touch the poor, also said this. He actually started off um, as uh, working with imprisoned galley slaves. He would go out on ships that were rowed by by prisoners and would minister to them on the seas. And then he returned to lead an organization in the Catholic Church, which was called the Congregation of the Mission. The mission of reaching lost people for Jesus Christ. He also pioneered clerical training and was instrumental in establishing seminaries to train ministers to go out and preach the gospel. That was St. Vincent de Paul. And he said this, It is absolutely necessary, both for our advancement and the salvation of others, to follow always in, in all things the beautiful light of faith, to walk by faith, to reach lost people, and by helping and serving and meeting needs gives us an opportunity to share a message that will not just change a person's outside, but will change their inside. Won't just change their, their physical or uh, temporal being or future, but their eternal future. And so, you know, we see, yeah, let's give the Lord a hand. But the world don't want to hear that message. They just want Vinnies to go around and collect clothes. They want the Salvation Army to go around and collect money to help people. And they do an incredible job, you know, with what's going on with Queensland at the moment with, uh, with this hurricane. And uh, Alex, who was praying up here before, was telling me before the service, his father, who lives on a boat up there, has just had his boat destroyed. Um, all his possessions and, and everything that he had. Um, and so, no doubt... I would anticipate that the Salvation Army will probably be there doing relief work. And that is awesome. It is incredible and a powerful witness when it is combined with the message for why we do what we do. Not to be pushed to the periphery 
of our world or our society, but to say, this is why we're here. This is what we're about. And the, and the motivation behind why we help people, why we're there when people are in times of need, why we're there when people are dealing with tragedy or grief, disappointment, struggling in life, is because we have a message that comes from the Father to the church and we go out to do those things because that's what motivates us. Not just doing good works, not just trying to be a help. Um, and that in and of itself is, is great. And there's lots of organizations that do that. That is not why we do it. We do it because we want to bring a message. But that message keeps getting pushed to the periphery. And the world will say, you know, the, well, the church is irrelevant. It's, it's old-fashioned. It's out of touch. Um, and therefore is, is you know, trying to push it out of all the different areas of our society because they don't believe the message has any relevance today. But the reality is, Jesus said in Mark 16, 15, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That word world there in the original language is the word cosmos, which doesn't just mean a geographic world but it talks about um, societies it talks about um, people groups it talks about areas of of influence it's talking about the makeup of our society go into these different areas and preach the gospel go to people groups preach the gospel go to the areas and the influences of society to the very center and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ the message by word and by action. By word and by action. Why did Jesus say go into all the world and preach the gospel? Because there is a God of this world. If, if you know the Bible, if you understand the, 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 the history, I guess, of uh, recorded in the Bible, is that mankind was given dominion over the world in the original creation, in the Garden of Eden, Yet they rebelled against God, chose to go their own way, and the, the authority, if you like, the, the legal rights to the world were given to the devil. So even Jesus said the devil is the God of this world. He has some dominion. Jesus came, died on a cross, rose again, and all authority, the Bible says, in heaven and on earth has been, now been given to him. So the devil is like someone that's had a hold of the lease. The lease has run out, but he doesn't want to move out. Anyone ever <laughs> rented out their house and not had a tenant that didn't want to move out? That's the situation that we're faced in right now. The devil doesn't want to move out. He still has some influence. He still has some elements of control. And Jesus is saying to the church, I want you to go into those places and I want you to Use the authority that I've given you and the right that I've given you and take back what belongs to me. Take back the areas, the areas of dominion, the, the society. I want you to move from the peripheral to the center because that is where the church belongs, in the center of society. And Jesus, yeah, let's give the Lord a hand. In Ephesians 1, 20 to 25, in the message translations, a bit of a long passage, so... 
uh, I, I wanted to read the whole thing, but just, uh, I think I've got it up there, I can't remember, but uh, just read along with me. Uh, this is the message translation. I ask, I ask the Father of our Master, yeah, there it is, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing Him personally. Number one, you've got to know Jesus. Your eyes focused and clear so that you see exactly what it is He's calling you to do. So not the periphery, not what Jesus is calling us to do is on the outside, the periphery of our life, and we're focused on other things. No, focused and clear so that we know exactly what it is He's calling us to do, not as individuals, but as the church, grasp the immensity of this glorious way of, of life He has for His followers. Oh, the utter extravagance. I love that. Does anyone like the message translation? I love the message translation. <laughs> The extravagance of his work in us who trust him endless energy boundless strength this is the second part all this energy issues from Christ God raised him from the dead from death and set him on a throne in deep heaven in charge of running the universe everything from galaxies to governments no name and no power exempt from his rule and not just for the time being, but forever. Now listen to this. He's in charge of it all. Doesn't matter who else thinks they're in charge. Doesn't matter who else is acting like they're in charge. The Bible says he is in charge. Has the final word on everything. When we reach out to Jesus Christ, when we're in prayer, when we're looking to move forward and make a difference, we are calling on the one who has the final word in everything, in every part of our society, in our workplace, in our area where we live or the place that we're trying to influence. He has the final word. And at the center of all this, at the very center, Christ rules the church. If you want to know what is at the center of Jesus' focus, his gaze, his intent, we see here in the scriptures at the center of his gaze and focus for this world is the church. Right smack bang in the middle. Everything else is periphery to Jesus and his church. It doesn't look like that. The world doesn't want you to believe that. They will continually attempt to push the church out of that place of influence and significance, having a voice and a say in people's lives. But as far as God is concerned, the one who has the final say, the center of life, the center of the universe, the center of all his gaze, focus and attention is the church. Now you might find that hard to believe because your understanding of the church <laughs> might be a little different to the way God sees the church, the way Jesus sees the church. The church you see is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is not peripheral to the world as far as God is concerned. Do you know what that means? You know, sometimes when we're, you know, we're out there and we're working and, and doing stuff, 
And it's important that we understand that whatever we're doing, God has called us to do that. Brought us and leads us into places to be a message or to bring a message, to touch lives. And oftentimes when we look at ourselves, we, our self-concept of what we're about, we might say, you know, I'm a, I'm a banker, I'm a teacher, I'm a, I'm a lawyer, I'm a school teacher or, or whatever it is, and I go to church because I'm a Christian. I'm a homemaker, I'm a mechanic, I'm a businesswoman, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur, and I go to church on Sundays because I worship God. That is God. When we have that concept, that mindset, we actually have things round the wrong way if we read this scripture and truly understand what God is saying. What he's saying is, as believers, as part of the church, we are first and foremost the church who is called out to be a banker, to be a school teacher, to be a singer, to be a mum, to be a, a dad, to have some kind of influence. That's the way God sees your life. That's the way he sees the church. That's why the church is here. So first and foremost, we are the church, the body of Christ. Not just talking about this church, the local congregation, but the church in the world. First and foremost, we are the church that God calls out into different areas and spheres of society to bring a message, to touch lives, to make a difference, and then come back into the church to do what God's called us to do. We don't attend church. We are the church. (laughs) I don't attend home when I go home after work. What are you doing here? I'm attending. I'm attending the family dinner. (laughs) I don't attend the family dinner. I'm part of the family. We don't attend church. We are the church. And we gather together to worship God, to lift up his name in a corporate setting as the church so that we can be empowered, fellowship, worship, to go out again and be the church in the world. We're always the church. We're not the church on Sundays and the banker on Monday. The church on Tuesday, the school teacher on Wednesday or or whatever. We are the church We're at the center of God's purpose and plan for the world. We are not peripheral. We're the center. This is what it's all about. And it's important that we understand that because the world will continually tell you, if you're a Christian, if you're a believer, you're on the periphery. You're not where the main game's at. You're not in the game. You're playing... You know, if it was the tennis, you're not at centre court, you're out in the boondocks, out on court nine. <laughs> but Jesus says, no, you've got to understand, this is the main game. This is the centre of everything that's going on in the world. What we're doing here right now and at congregations all across this city and at different times in different parts of the world, 
the church of Jesus Christ going out to and understand that we are on mission that we are all ministers that's what I want to share a little bit about you know there's there's seven pillars in our society if you people break it up in different ways but but most people believe that there's basically seven pillars to our society there's religion there's family there's business there's education there's government arts and entertainment and media and the world is built on seven pillars and the influences of those seven pillars are the ones that influence the rest of the world. In fact, I was reading a stat this week that said 3%, there's 3% of the world that that's make decisions that influence the other 97% of people. And it's people that are at the top, probably not the religion necessarily, although I guess you could if you include all kinds of religions. In fact, yeah, you could actually. You're looking at religious leaders making decisions on people's behalf that go off and go and blow people up or whatever um and so and so there's these seven pillars and the god of this world does not want the church to be influencers in any of those areas except the religious one you stay in your box on sundays go and do your good works go and collect your money once a year we'll give you a couple of coins send you on your way and then stay out of the way while we get on about the serious business of running this world and jesus comes and he says i want you to go into the world into all of these areas and to be a light and to be salt and to be influencers for the kingdom of god because you are the church and the church needs to be in every area of society and if we break this down, even today, even in a group like this, you could say, um, well, you know, religion, if you include Christianity in that, then yes, most of us or all of us here would, would consider us part of that. Family, we're all part of a family, so we'd fit into that. Business, some people involved in business. Um, if you're a business person, put your hand up. If you're involved in business, male, female, you work for a company, you're involved in business, put your hand up high. So there's a number of people. Yes, Justin, that's you. <laughs> um, so you fit into that area, business, education. Who's involved in education? You're a teacher, put your hand up high. Teacher, educator, something like that. Yeah, people. Let's put, there's some people here that fit into education. Anyone involved in government here? Local government, state government, federal government? Any, anyone? We don't have anyone. Council? Right. Someone's got to do that. Who wants to put their hand up? <laughs> we need Tony here. Tony Abbott, that is. <laughs> um, so government. I've got friends who are involved in government, uh, who are Christians. Arts and entertainment. Da- yeah, over here, Grace, Danielle. Lee, was that you? Put your hand up. Talitha's not here. Involved in arts and entertainment. Media. We've got a couple of media personalities. <laughs> Anyone involved in media? Put your hand up. Doing something, yeah, over there. So even in a gathering like this, we have people represented in six of those seven areas of society, pillars, if you like. And when, when Jesus was tempted by the devil... If you know that story in the Bible, 
The devil came and tempted him with a number of things. But one of the things that he tempted it with uh, is... Oh, I didn't put it in my notes. Anyway, he comes to Jesus and he says, you don't need to go to the cross. That's a pretty horrendous way to die. That's, that's, that involves suffering. That involves pain. You don't need to do that. I can give you what you want. What's he saying? Jesus came to take back what had been lost, which was influence of the kingdoms of the world. These, these societies, these pillars, these areas of society that, that influence people's lives. He says, you don't need to go to the cross. He's, he goes, they belong to me. I'll give them to you. I'll give you the influence. I'll give you the power. I'll give you the say in these areas. You don't need to die. You don't need to suffer. Just bow down. Worship me. And you can have what you came for. And what did Jesus say? He said, get behind me. He said, um, worship no God but, but, but the Father. Not my will, but yours be done. In other words, what he was saying was, the devil knew that that's what God was about. That's what Jesus came for the kingdoms of the world that would influence people and bring them back to a relationship with God. And so he said, no, he went to the cross, he rose again, he gained what it was that the devil offered, which was the authority, the power, the final say in these areas. And then he rose from the dead and then he went to the church and he said, go now in my name and in my authority, go into the world, go into these areas of our society and preach the gospel the good news about Jesus Christ become an influencer and bring the church into the world that's why we're here that's why God has called you into these different areas that you're involved in you might say I don't like working where I work that's okay it doesn't mean you can't you can't change you can't move but it's important that we understand that we are not labelled by our role or our position and then come to church to gather and then go out and be what it is that we are. We are the church. And whatever you do during the week, you are a marketplace minister. We are all called to be ministers of the gospel to preach the word that doesn't mean you have to get up behind a pulpit and preach but we are called wherever we are if we're in media if we're in arts if we're in government if we're in business if we're in involved with family if we're involved with um, church and church is a part of it as well it's not like we're just out there you know we still gather together and we understand that why we're, what, what we're there for why are we there? As we, and I'll finish with the scripture that I read before. 
Paul's prayer for the Ephesians was to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally, that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what it is he's calling you to do. Wherever you are and whatever you're doing, he is calling you into that place to be an influence. And that might mean letting people know that you're a believer and whatever might come because of that. Now, obviously, you don't want to be stupid and reckless and whatever, but at different points, you always get opportunities in discussion, in debate, in the workplace, around a coffee or whatever where stuff's getting discussed. I remember Nick was saying, you know, when she first started in her work and they said, uh, you know, just talking about stuff. Anyway, one of the first discussions when she started work, they started talking about Hillsong. That bloody Hillsong! They're going off about all that. Shouldn't I say that word? No? Don't say Hillsong. <laughs> um, you know, they were going on about Hillsong and this and that. I can't remember why. Was it whether they were in the paper or something? And, um, and uh, you know, all this discussion. They didn't, none of them have been there. Hillsong, they just want your money. I think Nick said to that, have any of you guys been there? No. So he goes, what do you do? Oh, I'm a pastor. <laughs> You're not a pastor at Hillsong, eh? Nick's like, no. <laughs> but from those initial conversations, now all of the people that are involved in Nick's team there come to her for advice when they're down and issues that are going on because she's earned their trust. She's earned that relationship. She didn't compromise on who she was and what she believed. She made a stand. People, when you make a stand, people, they might ridicule you, they might say a couple of things, but I can guarantee you they will watch to see if what you say is the real deal. The real deal. And if you prove that what you're saying lines up with how you behave, then you'll earn trust because there's not many people out there that people can talk to that they can trust. And so wherever you are and whatever you're doing, I encourage you to make a stand. Let people know, you know what? Yeah, I am a Christian. I belong to the church. You don't have to say, and I'm here <laughs> by divine appointment to bring you to the Lord. <laughs> so get down on your knees. <laughs> Not a good way to get a promotion. <laughs> but here's the thing. You know, oftentimes, you know, we're, we're taught, you know, if you believe in Jesus and if you follow him and you obey his words, then you'll end up, you'll end up um, healthy, wealthy and wise. That that is the fruit of following Christ. And those promises are there in the scripture for healing, for blessing and prosperity, for wisdom and knowledge. But you know what? Sometimes you make a stand for Jesus and it will cost you something. 
And at that point, you've got to say, what's more important to me? That promotion or me saying, you know what, I don't believe that what we're doing here is ethical. Or I don't think this is the right thing to be doing. Have you considered who else it's going to, or whatever, whatever it's involved in, whatever area where you say, you know what, I don't think that's right. Or, you know what, I believe that the message of Christ uh, needs to be considered. And there may be a cost involved in that. You might lose some influence in the short term. It might cost you a, a friend at work or getting asked out on a Friday night to go to the strip club. And that's probably a good thing. <laughs> well, I remember when I was, uh, before I was working full-time in the church and I was a sales um, rep uh, for an organization and we'd been there a while and then we're at work and it was a Friday afternoon. They said, oh, we're all going out for lunch. And uh, I'm like, where are we going? Oh, don't worry, let's all get in the car. There's about six or seven of us. In the car, rock up. It's out west. I didn't, I didn't know the place. You rock up and then I'm looking at it and going, this, doesn't, this looks a bit seedy. And um, anyway, it was a topless bar. So they were all going out to drink and it was a topless bar. And Anyway, I got there and I sort of looked in. I'm like, uh, anyway, they go, hey, we're going in there. And I hadn't been there that long. And, you know, the sales managers there, the whole team, you know, we're a team, you know, we've had a great month. We got in and I said, oh, I can't go in there. What are you talking about? I said, you know, I'm a, I'm a Christian. And I don't think that that kind of environment is healthy. I don't think it's healthy for you. I know it's not healthy for me. I think we should just find somewhere else to go and celebrate. I want to celebrate. We've had it, done an awesome thing, but I don't think this is the right place. And some of the guys were married and stuff like that. And, and they're like, oh, yeah, come on, it'll be right. I said, oh, look, you guys go in. It's all right. I'll, I'll get a taxi and I'll go home. I'll go back to the office. I'll, I'll keep working. They're like, oh, don't be like that. I'm like, look, it's fine. Uh, you know, go for it. Um, I'm just going to head back. And then one of the other guys goes, you know what? I didn't really want to go there anyway. <laughs> and another guy goes, I didn't really want to go there either. And they said, oh, bugger it, let's go somewhere else. And I think we went to the steakhouse or something. I can't remember what it was. We went to Hooters instead. No, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. That was a joke. <laughs> but... but um, you know what? From that point on, and you know, I thought I could get fired here. They could say, oh, this guy's a, guy a loser. We don't want him part of the team. And I hadn't been there that long. But I thought, you know what? I'm first a believer. I belong to the church. I love Jesus Christ. I wasn't a minister at this point. I was just part of a congregation. And I said, you know what? my relationship with you is more important than anything else and if it means losing the job I'll lose the job um, and so in the end we went off somewhere else and from that point on my relationship with all of those guys including the sales manager changed all of a sudden people would ask me for my opinion on things because they thought this guy's got a, an ethical foundation that is beyond just his opinion on things so they asked me about different things and 
and uh, I was there for a couple of years. But you know what? I was prepared to lose the job. I didn't lose the job. In fact, it worked out for my benefit. But the reality is, sometimes we might make a stand and we do lose the job or we do lose the client because they want to go out, you know, on a, they want to take, take you out on a, on a boo, massive booze up or they want to take you to a, a strip joint or somewhere that compromises your stand, your ethical stand and what you believe. And the risk is I'm going to lose the client, which is worth a lot of money to my business or to my company or whatever. Uh, and I need to make a decision. But I can guarantee you this. You put Jesus first. You nail your colors to the mast. And you say, this is where it is. And wherever the chips may fall. I'm following Jesus Christ because he has me here to be an influence. And if I do that, I've lost all my influence. I've lost all my credibility. If I then go, hey, I'm a Christian. Do you want to come to church? Are you serious? There's no power in that. We're the church. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, God has put you there. Whoever you're influencing, God has put you there to bring influence, to bring the church into that pillar of our society. You are the church. You bring the church to your workplace. A lot of people there are not going to come to church on a Sunday. So we're taking the church to them. We're the church. First and foremost, we're the church of Jesus Christ. And he said, go into all the world. Go into these areas. Religion, family, business, education, government, arts and media, arts and entertainment, media. You go and you be the church. And I will be there with you. And I'll move through you to touch and change lives. In Jesus' name. Let's close our eyes. Father, I thank you.